You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hey friends, thanks for joining me for another episode. Today you're in for a special treat because I have a guest. We have Kathy Carlton Willis here and she's known as God's Grin Gal. Kathy and I talked today about helping others and how when our own lives are upended, sometimes we look for opportunities to help other people and sometimes we really need to be helped. And so this is an episode about building awareness of other people's needs and also talking about how we can reach out and ask for help when it comes to our own needs. Kathy writes and speaks with a balance of funny and faith, whimsy and wisdom. Over a thousand of Kathy's articles have been published and she has several books in her Gringale brand. Kathy is active as a book industry pro and her coaching group, Word Girls, propels women toward their writing goals. She graduated with honors from Bible college and has served for more than 30 years in full-time ministry. You'll be able to check her out on her Grin and Grow break, which she has on Facebook. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. But before we get to that, let's talk to Kathy. Welcome, friends, to Life Repurposed, episode number 59. And I am happy to have with me today, dear friend, Kathy Carlton Willis, coming all the way from the southern edge of Texas. I I am glad I'm right here in the southern edge of Texas and that it wasn't blown off the map recently with Hurricane Laura. So right. And glad to be here. Kathy was part of the evacuation and had to go north during that time. But before we get into what it could actually be a little heavier topic, we're going to talk about that in a second. But before we get into that, Kathy, if we were together in person at a coffee shop like we were oh, nine months ago or so, right before COVID-19 hit, what would you order off the menu? Oh, that's easy. Um, Chai latte in the winter and a sugar-free Italian soda in the summer. Ooh. And when we were together, do you remember what I had? You don't have to remember. I don't. I always get an iced mocha when I go to a coffee shop. And then if I go back for another round because I'm there with my laptop, then I get some kind of iced tea or something like that. So when we were together in Texas in late February, early March, we did have a work day at a coffee shop where we both brought our laptops and just sat and worked on some projects. We had no idea what was coming. We really didn't. And that was one of my last times out, to be honest with you. Maybe one or two more times after that, and then everything shut up. Yeah, so. it was like around March 15 in northern Wisconsin that everything closed down, and I left Kathy's house, I think March 2 or something like that. So it was just weeks after. So One of the things I would like to talk about today is how Kathy's life has changed as a result of COVID-19, but even farther back in a little bit of your story than that. And also how that experience can give us some ideas for the ways we all can minister to people who are going through some sort of pause that has put their regular life on hold, especially if they can't go out of their house. So tell us a little bit, Kathy, about how COVID-19 affected you personally. Well, I've been deemed high risk 
because I've had respiratory failure before. And so it really, when, they, when you say self-isolation, that's what I had to do. And I'm also a caregiver for my mom who has COPD. So she's also high risk and she lives in our home. So we just had to be really careful. And then my husband is a, a chaplain for hospice mm-hmm. and we don't want him exposing his patients to anything. So for all those reasons, we decided to just be the most cautious we could be during this time. So what were you involved in before that? Like, what was a typical week like for you before COVID-19? Oh, yeah. I remember right before I was worked at the small groups kiosk at our church that Sunday, interacting through all of the services and in between discussing the setup for small group going on. And we had our own small group we led. I was part of a book club small group in addition to that and coached other small group leaders. So just church alone took up a lot of time. And then I just launched a book and I had 21 events planned out for the year. I travel everywhere and all of that just shut down and things completely changed changed right away. Yeah. So Kathy's a speaker and, um, that went away your connections with writers. Uh, Kathy runs a, uh, group for Christian women writers called word girls. And she's done, is it four retreats or so, uh, every year in different places in the country. So those were all canceled. Um, I, I think back, uh, well, it's been, I don't know how many years was hurricane Harvey now, Three years. Okay. And during that time, you had a little neighborhood ministry where you collected gift cards and Kathy got in her car and just drove to homes of people who had been devastated by that hurricane and had personal contact with them, essentially just ministry on the street. So during a time of a pandemic, those sorts of personal connections had to go away. That's right. And I had to reinvent how I had some sort of a connectivity with other people. And you really don't want to go into this little cave of hibernation and, and just kind of have a pity party. That's like the worst thing you could do. So I really wanted to be aware of how this was affecting other people and being that there for them, even though I couldn't be there for them, you know, that kind right. of issue. Yeah. So the things that you would normally instinctively do, like just go do hands-on ministry, all of a sudden you've had to rethink that, it sounds like, in the last nine months. Yes. And so one thing that has really made a difference for me is all the technology we have today that we did not have before, or we had it, but people were not willing to try it out. And so now all of a sudden they were forced to learn Zoom or other online video options and and they were open to trying new things. And so that really helped me out, not just for COVID, but really moving forward, it's going to help me out because I can use that technology to connect with people and I don't have to be right there with them if I can't. And so I'm excited about that. But one thing I did was um, just simple sound bites on their Facebook Messenger. I've learned that even though it's great to leave a, a message typed out, if they can hear your voice, it makes mm-hmm. a huge difference. And I don't have an issue uh, praying aloud for someone. I know for some people they're uncomfortable with that, but I would even pray for them on those sound bites. And just recently, I had a lady I hardly know, a, a, a hairstylist. And on the day that our salons opened back up in Texas, 
um, I sent a sound bite to her and prayed for her because I knew she was overwhelmed. All her clients wanted in. They were past due on their cut and color. <laughs> and uh, she was overwhelmed to make it work with the new guidelines that she had to use. Right. And so I, I just did a simple prayer with her. She wrote me this last week and said, Kathy, that was in May. That's still the single most effective ministry that anyone has done for me this year. Mm -hmm. She said she plays it back and listens to it when she needs encouragement. And so something so simple that took very little time had a long lasting effect. So one of the things I want to point out, and Kathy is not a person who loves to be like put on a pedestal like a hero, but I want to celebrate some of the ways that you've adapted during this season, because a lot of us who weren't even familiar with having any kind of chronic illness or anything like that, that would make us have to stay home longer. We're complaining, you know, I was like, I want to get out and go somewhere. I'm just itching to go. But I think it's important to note that you're still home. You're still mostly quarantined because you're in a high risk area and yet you're not playing the role of the victim and you're not, you know, like condemning anybody for what they don't do for you. Instead, it looks like, and just from you, what you've told us now even is that you've looked for opportunities to minister still from home, even though you can't go out and do that. So what I'd like to do is talk a little bit more about some of those ideas, the things that you've done, and the way that we could potentially help other people too. So let's talk about how you've made the most of your time while you've been home. Well, that's funny because a lot of people have used the B word. They've been bored when they had to be home. And I have no idea. That word is not even in my vocabulary. I think I have been more busy this year than any other year. And, and so the alone time, I figure I've got this amount of time carved out. How can I best use it? And so I've written a book during this time. I'm already on another book project during this time, um, I have had several writers retreats virtually online and have really been able to make a huge difference in some lives of writers who now have their own published books coming out in the next three months. So that's all been really exciting for me. So even work doesn't have to stop. You just have to kind of pivot and uh, re repackage it sort of in a way that will work for you. So my schedule, to be honest with you, I'm up earlier and, and go to bed later. So it hasn't, mm -hmm. if anything, it has caused me to be more energetic and more productive. So there have been some people who have, would maybe say, well, Kathy, you must be an introvert then because you're thriving in this. What do you say to that? Yeah, I, I kind of laugh about that because, and Michelle and I have talked, I think she's maybe more introverted than I am. I'm kind of an ambivert. I, I come to life when I'm in a group, but I'm also equally happy to be alone. And so I thought it would affect me more, but I've been really content to be home alone during this. And I'm even thinking of ways of redoing when, quote, we get back to normal. I know we won't really, <laughs> it'll be a new normal. But even when I am able to get out and about, I'm going to redo my schedule to um, use the lessons I've learned during this time and be more productive, I think. I've made some changes already too. There are things that, I mean, I'm exhausted right now, to be honest. There's been a lot going on in the last few weeks, but um, when I have a more normal pace, 
I intend to say no to some of the things that I said yes to before. And I think one of the things for me has been being home more. I thought I could say yes to more work because I don't have obligations outside. And I'm learning that I need to balance that because I have to have some self-care time built in. So the last few weeks, I've actually been giving myself permission to sleep a little bit longer and start my day a little later. And that's helped to make the mornings not feel so rushed. But um, what are some of the ways that in addition to sending out those voice messages with prayers and encouragement, what other things have you done that have just blessed other people during this time? Well, um, because I'm a woman of faith, worship is really important to me. And it's been hard, but not impossible to not be in church on site. And so I've decided to every week send out these shout outs to the ones who are making a difference through worship. And uh, if someone's on stage and I notice a a guitar lick that they added extra, (laughs) I'll mention it to them or... Um, I point out a nugget from the pastor's message that really meant a lot to me. Things like that, because I want to really invest in them and be 100% wherever I am. So if I'm in worship, I want to be all in and not be distracted by the other things I can do because I'm home and no one can see me if I'm reading email while they're preaching or whatever. Uh, I really, by Paying attention, it helps me be 100% there. Mm. And it, they're blessing me, so I want to make sure that I'm blessing them because they have no idea how important that time is for me. We also have um, pre-chat and post-chat after um, the service. And so we have someone who is also not able to get out of her home. She's also high risk that often leads that chat time on whether it's YouTube or Facebook book or the different social media options they use. And I really love that because she makes us feel like we're in a small group almost and, and that um, we're welcome there. Our prayer requests are important to her. And I saw that as a really valid ministry through this too. I've heard of a couple of other churches that are doing that too, where they're having some sort of follow-up after the online broadcast is done. That's really cool idea. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the word awareness. How can we be more aware? And we're talking about what you've done and I love your example, but how can the rest of us be more aware? So I'm able to be out and about a little bit more. I'm careful because I have a new grandbaby right now. So I'm not just hugging everybody out there and I'm wearing a mask when I go out, but I'm, and I'm not going that many places, but I still have that freedom where I can go out without really expecting to have a major health crisis as a result of it. So how can I be more aware of people who are still home? Maybe somebody who's been going through cancer treatments long before COVID-19 hit and they were worshiping from home. How do we cultivate that awareness? I guess we have to start with intentionality. We need to really be intentional about it because otherwise life just gets in the way and we allow ourselves to be too busy to really notice anything outside of our own burdens or interests or whatever. And so I think it starts with that. Our church actually created a list of people that were going to be more homebound. And so they were proactive in that. And I didn't sign up for it because I didn't realize how this summer would affect me. Mm. And I almost wish I would have, because I think that even though I signed up to adopt someone else on the list and I contact them and see how they're doing and praying with them, 
um, maybe I could have needed that. And so sometimes we're not even aware of our own needs or how something will affect us until we get all the way into something. And then we realize, wow, that, that would have really made a difference in my life. Yeah. So actually that's something I would like to ask you is if we could think about some of the different areas that would be super helpful or just bless you, what would be on your wish list of things that somebody had thought of that would have just knocked your socks off? Right. Well, I can tell you even yesterday, I have this uh, one friend, Jennifer, who texts me whenever she's coming to town because she lives in the outskirts. And she'll ask me at least once or twice a month, is there anything you need while I'm out? What can I do? What can I run by your house? Because I'm ordering from curbside or from online places and getting it in the mail. I'm going through drive through for my pharmacy. So I'm seriously not in any Mm -hmm. store. And you can't find everything you need that way as much as you would like to try. So um, yesterday she brought me three things, almond flour that I couldn't get any other way. My store said they were out of it. I don't know how. Um, (laughs) A a special body wash that I like that I couldn't get anywhere else. You know, so something like that. And um, we figured out a way to make it work to visit for a little bit while she was here, taking all the precautions. And that meant a lot to me because she took time out of her busy schedule to check on me to see if there's anything I needed. And even on the weeks I don't need something, if she checks on me, then it it still shows she cares. And mm-hmm. even just that little nod of, hey, I see you, I hear you, I know that you're home. That really means so much to me. Yeah, that's great. How about for you know, like small groups aren't meeting anymore. You had a small group that you were leading and then you had to set it aside because you couldn't invite all these people into your home. So what could small groups do that would continue to minister to one another? Small group is probably the, my thing I grieve the most that we lost this year, to be honest with you, because there was just something about it where Uh, We really got each other and we were there for each other and we weren't the normal group of everyone fit the same demographic. So it was um, weird in the best possible way is what one person described it as, (laughs) you know, so I really did miss that uh, connectivity. And unfortunately, we couldn't go forward because everyone wanted something different. Some wanted to Mm. be in homes already. Some wanted to do tailgating type opportunities or driveway opportunities. Some of us needed to be on Zoom or some other online method. And so unfortunately, it caused our group to have to fold. And so moving forward, I think I would love to find another group that is open to meeting through Zoom or another online capacity. Um, I think that would be really helpful. I did hear from one of our groups that's doing a hybrid approach and the ones that can meet in person are, but they are really intentional when they have that Zoom set up for the others that are, you know, tuning in that way, that they're brought into the conversation. Because I even tried doing a Zoom one time with my group that my book club, but I was the only one on it. And so I felt like a peeping Tom, like I could see what they were doing. I could hear what they were doing, but there wasn't any interaction, you know? So we have to just figure out the way that it's going to make them feel like they're a part of things. Yeah. I think I've been part of a couple of different meetings related to my church where I was one of the people on the zoom end. I live quite a ways from my church. So 
it's in a different county. I'm in a county that has different health regulations. Ours is a little more restricted, so I'm home more. So I've been on some where I felt very much part of it. They propped the laptop up and everybody was looking at my face even. I felt like I was the other person. It was a small group of like four or five of us. So I really felt included. And then there was another one where um, we were, I think, on a TV on the wall and the group was having lunch. And so then the conversation happened. So it felt really weird to watch them have lunch. And as as we're kind of sitting there on Zoom, like, should we talk to each other or what should we do? So I think it, it is different when there's an awareness by the group leader of like, there are other people in the room. Yeah, I think that would make a huge difference. And uh, some groups, that's not going to work because the energy happens in that group setting. And I understand that. And so maybe we need to reinvent new groups that will work for those. I have a a writing buddy who is part of a a library-based book group, and they have decided not to meet in person for the rest of the year. And so they're just redoing how they, they run their whole group time. Um, to do it virtually. So I think that's neat that there's an awareness of that and they're figuring out a way to make it work. Mm -hmm. We do need people. And so I don't want to send out the idea that we don't need to be physically with people. But when that's not possible, I don't think I quite subscribe to the idea that Zoom is not this. It isn't the same, but I've had people tell me that there's no connection, that there's there isn't something personal about it. I feel like there is. We're doing audio right now, but Kathy and I are seeing each other on Zoom while we're recording. And it would be different if I couldn't see your face right now. So I feel like that adds a level of connection that we wouldn't have if we were just on the phone. Right. I actually had one Word Girls member that confessed that she had not had an interaction because of an emotional uh, wound that she had for I think three years with anyone besides family and this summer she became so comfortable that zoom was her way into interaction and it's just been so cool to see the health that has come back to her because of it and so I I agree you can have amazing connection uh, through zoom just because you can see body language you can hear laughter Um, yes we miss physical touch hugs are great Mm -hmm. but this works for what we need for right now Mm -hmm. so there might be somebody who's at home who can't be a full participant in a group but maybe popping in for a five-minute chat to check on them with everybody saying hello or something modifying is the big thing that I think is part of that awareness how have you modified some of your interactions so you can still be part of things you mentioned being on zoom with a group are there any other things that you've done there are so many group opportunities now facebook has a group option and so you know some things can be um shared on a facebook group through a post and supporting each other in prayer uh, sharing pictures so that we're still seeing what life looks like outside uh earlier in this it's too hot right now in texas to take pictures of our beautiful gardens because they're wilting but in the spring when covid first hit i would do a walkabout every day and take pictures of all the beautiful flowers and post them and some of the shut-ins told me that that really meant a lot to them 
because you start to have a really narrow focus when you're shut in and you need to be able to see the world. And there's a new program even, and I can't remember, it's something like window to the world or whatever. And I think there's one called front porch where you take pictures of views from your front porch or from your walks and allow other people to, to see and have a oh, different cool. view than, yeah, rather than just having that closed in view, which can really depress people. Right. You usually travel a lot because of your speaking. So you're not even traveling and seeing those other places of the world country. Yeah. Right. So, so again, you have to just adapt. Right. As we are thinking about this, is there any other brainstorming you've done that you'd like to hit on that's related to how we can minister to somebody who is shut in. And that's a word that when I was a kid, the shut-ins at church were like the old ladies, just to be honest. And that's a term that now that I am in my fifties, I realized shut in wasn't about age. It was about the fact that they couldn't leave for various reasons. So um, that's important for us to know that it's the, the term shut in might have some connotations with it. That's true. And I think it's good to be aware of why they're shut in because there are so many different reasons because there are ways we can help out that person. Sometimes they're not able to do things even around the house, even though they're in their home, maybe even like changing light bulbs, maybe getting up on a ladder or a step stool is difficult for them or dangerous. So there's even those little things that we take for granted that we're able to do that if we go about our day and pay attention to the things we're doing, and then we ask God to put someone on our mind and, and think to ourselves, are they able to do that? I bet they're not able to do that. Maybe I should go and ask them, hey, can I do that for you? And it can be something so simple that makes such a big, big difference. Yeah, just the thoughtfulness of thinking of someone else's needs above our own, outside of our sphere of influence even, where it might be somebody we haven't thought of for a while that comes to mind. That's the cool thing, because if you ask God to put a name on your heart, it is fun to see what kind of a nudge he will give you. I had another friend that actually I dreamt about her, which that was really weird. Uh, and and so I, I just texted her that day and said, hey, I'm thinking about you today. I know it's going to sound weird, but I dreamt about you. And I figured that was God got my attention in my dreams. And I don't know what's going on in your day, but there it is. And it was kind of awkward, but I just wanted to let her know I cared. And she, she texted back and said, Oh my goodness, the timing is impeccable. And you know, that's the cool thing about letting God nudge us and be aware of it because she had a need and we were able to talk about it. And so we need to just get out of our shell, risk it, even though that was embarrassing to me and um, just go with that, you know, what that nudge might be. A lot of us are kind of avoiding the um, social media news feeds because they're so depressing right now. So if we're doing that, ask God to put the name of someone on your mind and go check out their timeline or their Mm -hmm. whatever their personal feed is so that you can see what they're doing. When I do that, sometimes they're having a birthday. I can, you know, wish them a happy birthday or maybe they had a prayer request or they had a surgery or a heart attack. it's crazy the things that might have happened. And just by being aware of that, you can go and reach out to them. Right. I've done that on Facebook or Instagram where uh, I just look, maybe look up a profile of somebody I don't even know that well. I looked at an author's one one day and saw, oh, we're both podcasters. And so I just reached out and said, I checked out your website and your podcast. It looks great. And then it leads to sometimes a longer conversation. And we find out you were 
born in a town near me or we we have like something in common. We were at the same conference or whatever. And so I enjoy that because oftentimes you do discover there is a way you can bless them or there's a need there outside of my community here in Wisconsin. It really does make the world a smaller place. It does. So I have felt like that is one of the things that's come out of COVID-19 for me is that I have felt more connected to people in other places because when everything is virtual, I feel like we're all on the same playing field in some ways. We're not, you know, it doesn't matter if you live five miles from me or 500 miles from me. When all of our connections are phone or virtual, then there is a connection that we have that's very similar. It was actually probably more pleasant for me when all of us were um, quarantined or self-isolated because we were all in the same boat together and um, we were all figuring out together. And then when things started opening back up, that's when I realized, hey, I'm in a different place than most people. I can't do the things that most people are doing, whether they're figuring out a way to do church on site or in a park or uh, you know, I'm not able to do that. And so it actually made it more aware to me after we weren't all shut in. Yeah, I think that's important to note because for those who know you, they know that you you look very healthy. So uh, my listeners can't see you on screen, but Kathy does not look like a sick person at all. So if you know her from church, you wouldn't know that she has chronic health underlying conditions that would make it a high risk for her to be out and about. So uh, what do we do to build that awareness with people? Like, is it just getting to know them on a personal level? Like, how do we know when someone just disappears and they're home yet and we don't know why? What can we do to, to like maybe start that conversation with somebody? That is so hard. And to be honest, we can't always put that on the other person. So if I'm the one that has a need, I need to be willing to be vulnerable and express that need. Mm. I can't assume that someone will know it. And because to see me, you wouldn't know that. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to advocate for myself and and speak up when I have a need. Uh, And not in a way that is like wanting attention or um, pity party, because I'm not wired that way at all, Mm -hmm. but just to advocate for yourself. So that's one thing. So anyone that's out there that does have a need, don't feel bad if you have to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. But for the people who want to be the one doing the helping, it is getting invested in someone's life. And so we may not be able to help everyone that has Mm -hmm. a need, but I guarantee you there's someone in your life right now that has a need that you may not even be aware of. And it's just a matter of investigating and finding out what you could do to help. And it always helps to tell them a specific thing you're willing to do rather than say, if you need me, call me. Those of us who have challenges, we don't, we're very independent still. And so we're probably not going to take you up on that. Mm -hmm. But if you tell me a specific thing you're offering to help, or maybe give me a choice from two, because then the person that has very little control over their life, now they have one little thing they can control. They can pick door A or door B, you know, so that works too, is to offer a couple of things that you can do to help. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know what would be the helpful thing and I don't even know an A or a B. So sometimes the question I will ask is what would feel the most helpful for you right now? And I know I'm opening a door because I may or may not be able to provide that, but maybe 
I have a way of connecting to a resource. So my daughter-in-law, even with having a newborn baby, two weeks old right now, yeah, I don't know exactly what does she need. She's really efficient. She had freezer meals made ahead of time because they have dietary needs. And so potluck type things from somebody else could have allergy factors involved. So I said to her, what would, what's the thing that would be the most helpful for you right now? And she said, just hold the baby so I can get stuff done. Like I can do that. <laughs> so, you know, it may be somebody who can or can't provide that, but what if she had asked me, well, I just need somebody to, you know, and she gives me a task I can't do. I'm sure that I can figure out how to get that done in some way. And really that's a great thing that we can do for someone else is figure out a way to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And like you said, if I can't do it, maybe I don't have the means to do it financially or physically. Just being that go between to, to make right. the arrangements is huge because the person who has the limitations, they're already feeling overwhelmed mm -hmm. and they are already stretched beyond the limit of what their usual capacity is for making decisions, for making phone calls, for making lists, any of that. And so offering to make arrangements to have something done or to make some phone calls, that is a really big gift. Yeah. It's sometimes it's something my husband can do and I can offer, you know, sure. He can come over and take a look at that. It's, it's a small thing. I don't have the skills for it, but he could probably solve it quickly. Or I can make a phone call and ask some questions or I can Google, you know, I, sometimes it's just knowing where to look for the resources. So I just love that our conversation has been focused on the idea of being helpful because I think in down deep inside, we want to be helpful, but we don't always have the awareness or the know-how. And so my goal with this episode is just to build that awareness and um, talk about it more. So what I'd like to do is talk about some resources because I always give listeners resources. you're working on writing a book that you've been doing this year. When is that coming out and what is that about? So the book is the Grin Gal's Guide to Trials. And I'm laughing as I say such a serious word, trials. It's kind of crazy because when I was launching the Grin Gal's Guide to Joy, my book launch team said, what's your next book? <laughs> and I said, I don't know. They said, no, we want to pray about it. What's your next book? And I'm like, I think it's going to be on trials. And I said, I almost hate to say it out loud because you know what that means. That means you're going to have extra trials in your life. And I said that a month before COVID hit. <laughs> and also during that time, my husband lost his job and so many other things happened. Then we evacuated for a hurricane. So I'm not kidding. When I'm writing the book on trials, I have, <laughs> I have lived through them this year. And so that's coming out in November. And in it, it has some helpful tips for how to help those going through trials. So I think it will actually tie in well to this topic of being a help to someone else. Yes, absolutely. So you write some Bible studies. This one is more of a Christian living book, right? It is. There's Bible in it, but it's not a workbook. Mm -hmm. You also have been going through the process of selling your home and potentially moving. So you've had uh, numerous things come up with that. So I, I would hesitate to ask you what your next book after that might be about. 
because well, who knows what God's going to send your way. <laughs> right. Right now I'm working on a book on well-being for the body, soul, and spirit. Uh, but you're right. It could be something completely different uh, that God brings my way. I also have one on peace that will be coming out in the next year. Uh, and who doesn't need peace after trials, right? <laughs> yeah. I will link to Kathy's website so you can see her books, The Gringale's Guide to Joy, and a couple others that she has. That will be in the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 59. The other thing I'd like to do in that is link to some of the articles that Kathy's written, because you've written hundreds and hundreds of articles, maybe thousands. I don't know where your count is now. There's a couple of websites that are the main places where people can find them. What's one where we can find things that are related to the topics we've been talking about? Well, I am a columnist for CBN, so if you'll give them the link to I that. I will link to think, that, yes. I think that would be great. Everything has to do with my brand, so that's Grin and Grow with Kathy. And then if they want to link up with me on my Facebook page, I do a Grin and Grow break Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's just a five to 10 minute devotion. I tell a story. I give some scripture and we pray together. And sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's heartwarming. And um, sometimes we address whatever hardship's going on. So the people that listened in when I evacuated for a hurricane, they got to hear what that was like. <laughs> on-site devotionals in the morning from the pool of a hotel, I think was maybe one of them. So yeah. I will link to that too, because then people can find you for their grin and grow break. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave with my listeners today? I just think it's really great that you wanted to touch on the topic of helping others, because in our day and age, we tend to be really self-absorbed, even though we try not to be, just to get through the day. There's a lot that we have to do to function, and, and we don't leave enough white space and margin for our own self-care, let alone caring for others. So I think it's great that we have that awareness, and we do have to be intentional about it, because otherwise it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So thank you so much for being with us and coming back. I think for your third time on the show, I know you'll be back again because I want to have you back. Thanks. It's always a joy to be here. Thank you. Wasn't that fun? I hope you were blessed by having God's Grin Gal here just as much as I was. We talked about how we can make a difference. And so my challenge to you is to go out and look for opportunities to think outside the box to think about who might be in your world around you who could use some help and isn't really reaching out for that. Who haven't you seen in a while that might be at home yet and you haven't thought about that? Who's been part of your circle at church who's home and they could just use a word of encouragement? Who seems discouraged in their social media posts that they're putting up online? Be aware and look for opportunities where you can help others. And in so doing, others will be blessing you too. So thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.